This is the Saturday Morning Serial Podcast with your host, Amanda Ann. Hey guys, welcome to episode two of the Saturday Morning Serial Podcast. Hey, it's the weekend. We made it, right? <laughs> I know we jumped right into watching WandaVision on Disney+. Plus. So I hope you guys have all had a chance to see it. If not, you guys have to sit down and watch it because the first two episodes are great. So today I'm joined with my boyfriend, Mike Simic. He is a 3D artist as well as a director. You can view his feature film Muck on YouTube. And another thing about Mike is that he is a huge Marvel fan. He's probably one of the biggest I know. In the past, we have done Comic-Con, we've done Ace, we've done Wizard World, we've done C2E2. We've met celebrities like Chris Evans, Chris Hemsworth, Elizabeth Olsen. This is, we're really big fans of this franchise, so this was a treat for us. And we're getting such great material coming out. We're getting, obviously, WandaVision, but then we're also getting Winter Soldier. And then my favorite, Loki coming in May. So I cannot wait. And one thing we were really excited about when they announced WandaVision is they're going to explore Wanda and Vision's relationship. And we really like them as a couple and we're very intrigued by their angsty, tragic love story. So when this series was announced, we're a little confused. How in the world did Vision come back? Is he back? I'm sure they're going to just wrap it up really nicely in the end. So with that being said, WandaVision is directed by Matt Shackman and has returning stars Elizabeth Olsen and Paul Bettany, and they're back in their roles as Vision and Wanda, or as everyone knows her, as Scarlet Witch. I am going to let Mike take the stand here, and Mike, can you give us some backstory on these comics? Thanks for having me on today, Amanda Ann. Uh, of course, I am Mike. So let's delve a little bit into the comic backstory of these two characters on this show. So. Wanda Maximoff was, in the comics, born to a handy family uh, with her twin brother Pietro, and they, of course, are mutants. That was later retconned to not being mutants, but they are, it's give or take either day whether or not they are mutants, but they're basically mutants. So her and Pietro were, of course, spawn of the X-Men villain Magneto, who is very much so the... Malcolm X stand-in for Marvel Comics. So, Vision is from Avengers Comics, and he is the hybrid creation of the Human Torch, original Human Torch, from the pre-Fantastic Four days, and the Wonder Man by Vision, who also stars in this series, is from the Avengers Comics, and he is the perfect body for Ultron. And Ultron was, of course, the Avenger, the villain from Avengers Age of Ultron. And he is upgrading himself constantly into new forms because he's a robot. So his final form was going, of course, to be Vision. But Vision was an enemy to the Avengers, and now he, he works for them. So Vision and Scarlet Witch now in the Marvel Cinematic Universe as of Age of Ultron, and they're a budding romance, and they're also a huge powerhouse couple as far as strength and powers go. Which had a very, very tragic end. Yes, we saw Vision um, die at Wanda's hand first, sacrificing himself to 
destroy the Mind Stone. Then we saw Thanos remind time and kill Vision in an entirely different way and seize the Mind, the mind Stone itself, thus creating the, the full Infinity Gauntlet and stamping out half of existence in the universe. Which so, we all hate that part of we, the movie. <laughs> we do. It got a lot of uh, gasps in the audience, lots of silence. A lot of us didn't know how to process it at the time, but if you were familiar with the Infinity Gauntlet comic books, you kind of knew it was going to happen. And it really was a genius move to give the Avengers in the next movie something to really fight for. And of course, it did give us that amazing portal scene in Endgame, which everyone loves. Yeah, and so this series leads into, um, with Vision being gone, but all of a sudden he's back in this series. Uh, So (laughs) everyone's asking, what? Why is he back? And it's funny because I watched the launch party yesterday and stars like Tom Hiddleston and Anthony Mackie and friends came back, and, and Tom was like, hey, why is Vision back? So a question all of us were asking, so I got a really kick out of that. So with that in mind, there are going to be some spoilers in this. We're going to try to avoid as much as we can, um, obviously, but this was a really good show, and I just got major Bewitched vibes from it, and I really liked how it was just... It felt like a true comedy. It it's felt very like, authentic. Yeah, and it felt like watching an old I Love Lucy episode or... Yeah, they did film it with old-timey cameras, uh, black-and-white cameras. They filmed it in front of a large, live studio audience. Of course, everyone there had to sign non-disclosure agreements, and they probably couldn't tell anyone what they saw, but it was very authentic. Um, this... The sets, of course, were very inspired by the Dick Van Dyke show and other 50s era comedies. Yeah, I really, it brought you back to those shows big time. And the color scheming, even though it was black and white, you can tell, like, you know. Uh, there was some color leaking through a couple of times. Uh-huh. They, they really knew how to draw your attention yeah. by playing with the, the different aspect ratios and with mm-hmm. the color. I really, yeah, I found that really impressive with this show. Right, and this show also brought some really good actors on board as well, I have to say. What, what do you think? Um, well, Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen are really great me timing and chemistry, and you can really tell that Elizabeth Olsen grew up on a sitcom set with her just expressions and her reactions and just her overall timing. I was really impressed by that. I went into the show thinking, okay... <laughs> um, I mean, you know, you got her sisters, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen, they were from Full House, but you never thought that maybe she could have picked up a thing or two, maybe if she watched them. Oh, she was in some of their movies. Yeah. Some of their very young movies. Yeah, that was, her, yeah, it's like Mike said, her cues were great. Uh, and I really liked how her and Paul just bounced off each other. The humor, the jokes, and the flow of the whole show. Each episode was well done, between those two especially. It was just like they, they, they went from A to Z, you know, very smoothly in every episode that we've seen so far. This show has really good actors that came on board. We have a very talented cast we are familiar with from other projects. For example, um, Wanda's, well, Vision's boss's wife was played by none other than Mrs. Foreman from that 70s show. 
and of course one of her neighborly committee friends was played by Emma Caulfield, who you might recognize from Buffy the Vampire Slayer, playing Anya, the, the demon, who worked with Josh Whedon before that show, and he course-directed Avengers 1 and 2. And Catherine Hahn is in the show. Yes. Like, the first two episodes, and I love her. She is such a comedic actress, and I've seen her in, especially, like, Step Brothers, and there's a movie I really like. It's called This Is Where I Leave You. It's got Tina Fey, Adam Driver, um, Jane Fonda. It's a really good movie, and her comedic cues are just so great, and she just has that laughter that's contagious in all the shows. You can't help but laugh along with her. You think she's funny. I think she's hiding something. She could be. There's definitely uh, a mysteriousness to her voice and the way she, the way she uses words. Like she introduces herself and she says, "Wanda, charmed." Like, are you charmed to meet her, or have you put everyone under your spell? Like, like what's going on? Like, she's definitely behind something. I didn't think of that. That's a really good observation. I guess we're gonna have to watch in the next episodes because she's all buddy buddy right now with Wanda. Trying to make her fit in and... As every good villain is. Yeah. <laughs> and this might actually be a play on the comic book character Agatha Harkness, um, who is a sorcerer-type character who plays with Doctor Strange and Wanda Maximoff and possibly with her husband, Mephisto, the, the comic form of Satan. And throughout the show, she just kept on mentioning her, her husband... And how she wanted to make her husband disappear. And her husband this, her husband that. Like, what is her husband's relation to this? Is he behind everything? Is she manipulating Wanda to get back at him? What is her motive? What do you think, Amanda? You know me. I'm just going to go for it. Say, hey, she's she's the villain. That's it. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I know they are very good at hiding things. So you never know. She could be made out to be bad, but maybe something will curve that. And maybe she really is good. And then there's another bad person. Who knows? There could be a lot of bad people in the, in this show. I mean, what about that beekeeper? What's up with him? That was weird. And it was so fast. Yeah. Before, it, it's like right after you go, who's this? The scene changed. Yes. We know that Wanda has some type of control over her surroundings as she can manipulate mm-hmm. her her immediate surroundings with her powers, but she can also rewind time at some points. So, is she the one who's created this alternate dimension, this bubble world, or is she just using her own powers within that bubble world to play along with it? I just really was not a fan of that woman group she was a part of. Yeah, the caddy, or the children group, the committee there's just a lot of, like, um, subliminal messages in this show. Mm-hmm. Like, just we can just talk about, like, all the subliminal messages as far as fertility goes. Like, <laughs> how about every single time Wanda would be introduced to someone with vision in the room, they, they'd be like, when are you having children? And everything in that committee yeah. group was for the children. And then Wanda is making, of course... She's trying to make a chicken dinner, and then she turns the chicken into eggs, and eggs are a sign of fertility. Like, someone wants Wanda have, to have kids, so. Which leads to a very interesting cliffhanger at the end of episode two. Yes. Which we won't say. Wanda is pregnant. Who's the daddy? 
<laughs> Loki. <Yeah>. <laughs> no. <laughs> and it's definitely a vision. Yeah. Or or is she pulling a Palpatine thing where she is yeah. manifesting her own children inside her body without a father? Or it could be just a big dream. Or a big meal. <laughs> yes. Mike, judging from the comics, what could we predict in this series? Well, they're drawing a lot of inspiration and plot from two main comics. Of course, one is the Vision, the Visions comics, where Vision goes out to the suburbs and he makes himself an android wife and they have kids. And of course, the other big one, the big one everyone is wanting to see uh, adapted into television and movies is House of M. Um, and that is the storyline where Wanda is so stressed out over over traumatic events, she utters the lines, no more mutants, and she wipes mutants out of the timeline for that comic. So what we could be seeing is now that Disney has acquired Fox and has the rights to mutants, perhaps Wanda could mutter the lines more mutants and she could bring the X-Men into the Marvel Cinematic Universe with the click of a tongue. So, are you familiar at all with the X-Men character? You've just been on this Disney side of things so far. What, what are your impressions of the X-Men? I honestly, to tell y'all the truth, I haven't seen X-Men. I'm you're, not familiar with it. You're familiar with Deadpool. Yeah, I love Deadpool. But uh, what Wanda is interesting in the fact that her comic stories are equally rooted in X-Men and Avengers comics. Mm -hmm. So now that Fox, now that Disney has these Fox characters, they're gonna they're gonna split Wanda's story open like an like an egg, and just really spill out all these great things that could happen. Ladies and gentlemen, this is why he is on this podcast episode. <laughs> because I can't keep up with who goes to who and what goes to what. So he's really good at knowing this. <laughs> Those so, are good predictions, though. So um, obviously Juan is going to have children. Well, she's going to have a kid. We can see one baby at least. But in the comics, she's, she actually has twins named Wiccan and Speed. Wiccan, of course, takes after her takes after his mother and is very adept at the kind of like dark chaos energy that Wanda manipulates. And uh, Speed takes after Wanda's brother, Pietro, aka Quicksilver. So mm -hmm. perhaps that, perhaps somehow in this plot, someone is trying to manifest themselves into her children's bodies or they need her children's abilities for something. Lots of things could happen. This is it's it's a very open book so far. And you know, that's just it's so strange. But you know what? Anything's possible. Yes, anything is possible with this show, and that's what's exciting about it. Yeah. Like when you watch when you watch a Captain America movie, or well specifically like the second Captain America movie, you know, it's very grounded in reality and there's certain laws that they follow, mm -hmm. you know, physics. Uh, the space-time continuum is always straight. Like, in this mm -hmm. show, they're doing whatever they want. Yeah. They're jumping through decades. They're they're spitting up pregnancy. They're doing whatever they want, and it's, and it's exciting. 
I also found it peculiar at the end of episode two when they turned to color. Vision, his face was all of a sudden purple. And then they slowly changed into their real world color. Yes. Television show. So the second <laughs> the second episode here actually draws a lot of inspiration from the Bewitched show. Mm-hmm. And Bewitched is notable for being one of the first shows to transition from black and white into color. So that's probably a nice little Easter egg at that. Yeah, like I said, major Bewitched vibes. Especially when she, you know, just, you know everything in the place she'll she point to something and it appears it just appears <laughs> like the whole magic act like they were using she was using her magic awesome. to cover up to make her real man she's using magic to make her magic look fake yes like that was good it was it was clever and vision just chewing that gum and oh, him God. him malfunctioning i couldn't believe i couldn't believe how funny that was that was so funny it yes. was something like we didn't know we needed. Yes. Drunk vision. Drunk vision. Just his gadgets all messed up. Yes. It's like when you're when you drink and your liver gets all messed up. Vision chews gum and then his gears gets all messed up. There there you go. I mean he was right. It's technically not food. Who knows what gum is? I just love too when he tells everyone like, Oh, I don't eat food and everyone's like, huh? And then the one guy goes, would you like a piece of gum? And he goes, oh, gum can't hurt me. <laughs> Super villains take note. You can take out vision with a stick of gum. <laughs> For sure. For sure. So, um, speaking of that entire, after that following magic act, they they go to uh, a meeting where Wanda is talking to Emma Caulfield's character, and they actually, throughout several times in the show, they, they kind of break the ruse for a, for a second and some strange things really happen like Wanda's hearing voices the radio's malfunction um yeah that one uh that one character cut her hand and she was bleeding oh, yeah. red yeah um I like that I- so what we have to ask is is something trying to get in is Wanda trying to get out it for me it looks like she's resisting She's resisting hard. And I I kind of get the vibe that something is trying to bring her back from this, and pardon the pun here, vision she's having, maybe? But she doesn't want to. She doesn't want to wake up back to reality that vision's not here anymore. Yeah. Vision's gone. And she doesn't want to probably wake up from her dream. So, but we do know that other people can actually see what's going on inside of this alternate bubble mm-hmm. universe because at the end of, I would say it was the the, last, the first episode, uh, they did a clever change with the aspect ratio where it went, it went from a full screen lighter box all the way to a cinematic widescreen and it zoomed out on this television set mm-hmm. and we could see that someone was just chilling in their office yeah. watching Wanda on... Uh, on syndication. <laughs> Can we also talk about the Stark Industry commercial breaks? Yes. Those are awesome. Yes. So that was a nice uh, Easter egg, of course. We all know that uh, Howard Stark was very much alive in mm-hmm. the 50s during this time period. Yeah. Um, I don't know. He, I didn't know he made toasters, though. I thought he just made weapons. Maybe the toaster, the toaster can be a weapon. I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it did actually have a red light. Yeah. It was the first glimpse of c- color, I believe, we saw in the show. 
So what's that mean? Is the toaster some of the metaphor for vision? Is it what well, what's it what's it mean? One thing I really like is it's just in any movie, television show, a photo even is a grayscale photo, but like the red. Like if you see like a black and white photo of a woman and her lipstick is red, like they photoshop back her lips. It's like a plump red. I really like red on just like a grayscale. It's 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 so good. Yeah, they did another comic. They did another commercial tie-in yeah. this time for a Strucker timepiece watch. Yeah, and it was kind of eerie too because the clock kept on getting faster and mm-hmm. the ticking kept on getting louder. And the woman in the commercial was very panicky about it. And that. And we saw the the, hit, the Hydra symbol mm-hmm. on the face of the watch. Yeah. And not only that, but Strucker is actually the scientist who created Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch in Age mm-hmm. of Ultron with the Mind Stone by subjecting them to experiments. So maybe he's behind this. And I do apologize if you guys hear some chomping in the background. My rabbits like to chew on their apple sticks. So if you hear something that resembles a beaver chewing a big log, that's my rabbit's just chewing on little sticks. So, um, But anyway, people are wondering, is this going to be more popular than The Mandalorian? Well, The Mandalorian had baby Yoda grow through mm-hmm. going for it, and he was just a basic white girl merchandising <laughs> mine. Um, Worked for me. But Star- <laughs> the Star Wars popularity has faded in recent years due to the kind of mixed reviews and reactions from the sequel trilogy. But The Mandalorian, being helmed by John Favreau, I mean, he really knows what he's doing, and it's really regained his popularity into, like, mainstream and people, uh, conversation points. Yeah, and people, they just love episode, the first three Star Wars films, and it jumped back to those films. And people like that nostalgic feeling that The Mandalorian had, and it was new and fresh original content yes. in the Star Wars universe. So, obviously, people really liked it. But, more so than the new films. But Marvel does have a little advantage here where they are doing, of course, movie and TV show tie-ins. I mean, mm-hmm. you could watch The Mandalorian as a standalone thing, but you don't need to watch The Mandalorian to understand the next movie in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. And vice versa. But Marvel is marketing it the shows and the TVs is completely woven together, and it's if it is more popular, it it wouldn't be a surprise to me because they are just a, a driving force in the streaming markets now. Yeah, and I know what you mean. Like, I know I had to revisit Endgame because Loki is going to take place. They're they're calling it the 2012 Loki, and I'm like, wait. What? And then I had to go back and watch Endgame. And no, he picked up the the Tesseract and just disappears. And you're like, where'd he go? (laughs) And yeah, that was it. And this is what Loki's going to explore is some more time travel. Again, just like WandaVision. Time travel, maybe. I mean, it is the space stone. And space does Mm -hmm. exist in more than one dimension. So it's possible he goes to alternate dimensions. There's been talk about him fighting other versions of himself like in a like a spider verse way where he fights an evil female version of himself or possibly uh 
a version of himself who went down a different path instead of the one that he took. So it'll be very interesting to see what Loki actually is in his own show. Yeah, I'm very excited. Now, I'm going to be truthful here that I honestly had no interest in the Marvel franchise until a few years ago. Um, I, when I started dating Mike, he really got me into Marvel. And I just watched the first Avengers um, a couple days ago for the first time. And it blew my mind. Yes, everything that it, everything starts making sense now for you. Because when you, you had watched Endgame with me, Mm-hmm. And you still felt very nostalgic for his characters, but yeah. not to the point that I was. I have a little brother, and he was really into. He's really he was really into Spider Man. I know he saw like the Iron Man movies, um, and then you and I we saw Thor Ragnarok, and I loved it. It was probably such a great one of the great first movies someone like me could see. I actually, saw uh, our first movie we saw together in the Marvel universe was actually Doctor Strange. Oh yeah. And Doctor Strange was a really great first movie to watch because he's very detached from the character, the other characters in his origin. But then when Infinity War War rolls around, he's right there. Mm -hmm. And he kind of introduces himself to the other characters. And they're like, what do you do? What do I do? And he's like, well, I'm defending the multiverse. What are you doing? You're pressing around in a tin can. And I'm also a motion graphics designer, and I just really loved the VFX in that movie. VFX in these Marvel movies are really wondrous things, and they keep getting more colorful and more vibrant and more twisty and psychedelic, uh, and more akin to, like, the Jack Kirby art of the 60s. Yeah, I actually sat down, like, a little bit before I met you, and I watched Ant-Man with a friend, and that was actually... I was like, oh, I didn't know these movies actually had humor in them. I know that's terrible to say. But I I love that. I love the the humor, the drama, the angst. You get everything in one package in the in, in the movies. You do, and you get it with you get it with such character driven stories. I just love the due to fondue. <laughs> that's my favorite line so far. Yeah, yeah. These characters are very near and dear to our hearts mm-hmm. and we're always excited see them so we'll be following up with wanda after her television debut in doctor strange 2 multiverse of madness where she'll be training under doctor strange so possibly she's going to be picking up the pieces of whatever happens in this tv show or maybe doctor strange needs her powers or maybe the powers of her kids or she needs Mm -hmm. visions who knows what's going to happen yeah i'm excited and it's like I like we were just saying, these characters are very dear to us. And even though I really wasn't too familiar, I knew who they were, and I I recognized them. And just seeing them is very nostalgic for me because I remember my little brother watching these movies, and he had everything Spider Man growing up. So <laughs> Spider Man was big in our house. Yeah, and it's it's kind of big in our house now that now that we. Yeah. She's living with me. Spider-Man is everywhere. Yes. I'm a big Loki fan now. Um, I love Thor. Um, we met Chris Hemsworth. He was just, he was incredible. Yes. He very, was very warm. He was very friendly, very Australian, very, very, very tall. Very muscular. Those biceps are real. And, you know, a lot of 
actors at those conventions, you know, they kind of have a point where they just get kind of tired. Mm-hmm. And they kind of, you know, they kind of just weigh their way through <laughs> the day. But Chris Hemsworth was just was, 100% energy all the time. He was like, go, go, go. He was a, a lightning bolt of energy for to say, to say. I felt terrible for Tom Holland at the end of that day we went. Yeah. We, so tired. We met Tom Holland the same We've been the same day, the same weekend as we met Chris Hemsworth. It was like Sunday we met him. Yeah. And Tom Holland was actually filming. He had just started filming or he had finished filming his mm-hmm. movie Cherry, which you can actually watch. Just came the out this for. week, yeah. The trailer just came the out. The trailer, this week. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, and he looked really malnourished and he had his head shaved and he was really skinny. Let's let's hope he he really gives a good performance in that movie. Like but let's the, hope it was worth it. But the fangirls don't care. The fangirls don't care. <laughs> He's hungry. Poor kid. I wanted to get. I wanted to invite him to Sugar Factory with us afterwards. <laughs> Have a big Sunday or something. Yeah. Anyway, I'm sorry, guys. We totally went off track. Well, let's, but let's 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 treat them to the story about how we met Elizabeth Olsen. Oh yeah. And Paul Bettany. So we call out here. yeah. So we met Paul Bettany. Um, Wizard World. Wizard, yes, Wizard? Wizard World. Yes, Wizard World. Yes, and I had seen Age of Ultron at an earlier time, and I didn't really remember too much of it, but I did remember him, and I do, re- I did remember how majestic he was, and that was the first thing that came out of my mouth when we met him, was, you are so majestic, and he goes, thank you. Yeah, and- It was such I, a great I, memory, just that, like, two-second conversation, it was like- and of course, I told him how much I appreciated the kind of like logistic and almost computer-like approach that Vision has when he has to solve a problem. Like he's all about data and facts, and we need more facts and data in this world nowadays. <laughs> we need more logical people thinking and making decisions. And I'm glad he is an Avenger, and he he has a seat at the table with people like Captain America, who are very morally high people and people who are you know, kind of sketchy, like, uh, like, Winter Soldier and all these other people, and he has, he has his own unique voice mm-hmm. in the Avengers. Yeah. He's, he, for me, he's kind of the voice of reason to all them. And he just, he walks with class. Yeah. He's just, he, for a robot, he's got class. Android. Yes. Yes. Um, so we did actually meet Elizabeth Olsen. Uh, Ace 2018, because she had a panel with Tom Hilston, and Chris Evans was there, too. Yes. So, we met her, and we had her... You met her for a photo op. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Which was quick. I didn't really have a conversation with her. Yeah, and we met her for an autograph. Yes. So, she loved your wig. Yeah, I was dressed like Scarlet Witch. So, we had, you know, a good little conversation regarding hair. So, and Mike just, he kind of just stood there. Yeah, she's beautiful. Like, you don't, you don't, the the movies and the photographs, they don't do her justice. She is legitimately one of the most beautiful people in the world. Even, like, when we met Chris Evans, too, that same day. I was, you're just so scared to, like, touch them because they're just so precious. (laughs) I know. You're like, oh, wow, they're really here. Yeah. So, when we met Elizabeth Olsen, I just, I... I got over myself and I told her you know, how much Wanda had been through and I, I told her I really hope it gets better for her mm-hmm. and Elizabeth Olsen kind of just like laughed and was like no it's getting much much worse and I was like oh no and now that I see 
now that I hadn't seen uh, Endgame at the time, and now relating into uh, the show, I kind of know what she meant that Wanda is going to lose more yeah. than she already has. Yeah. She's lost Vision. She's lost. She's lost Vision twice. Yeah. Um, she's lost her family. She's lost her brother. She's lost fellow Avengers. Like, what more can she lose? Uh, what What is going to be her breaking point? She's going to lose her mind. Yes. That's it. Well, let's hope that she gets a semi-good ending. No, we can only hope the best for her at this point. At least she'll be... She would have been happy for a little bit. And yeah. That's good. And you know what? If if all's said and done, and she can, she has the power to go back and revisit and just make up her little own scenarios with Vision, and if that makes her happy, then so be it. Do what makes you happy. Do what makes you happy. I would. <laughs> so with that, we're going to wrap it up. Um. And I know this show has really gotten a lot of publicity. I, I saw at Disney Hollywood Studios, they have cupcakes, the shape of old televisions with the WandaVision logo on it. So that's great. I really hope this show takes off. I really hope the fans embrace it. And I can't wait to see what's next on it. Yeah, I, for one, am very excited to see where this goes and what they adapt and what they change. And I'm, I'm really excited for these two characters yeah. to really grow into their potential. And just to remind everybody, it's every Friday there's a new episode on Disney+. Plus. Like I said, we'll be touching base on the show again when it's over. I appreciate you guys tuning in, and I will talk to you guys next week. I hope you all have a good week. All right. Bye now.